Tracy, everybody. Thursday night has gotten here finally. Get some steam blown off here in a couple minutes as we go on. What's our first one, guys? I got the, may have the wrong one. There we go. Perfect. Put that up there for me. Let's launch right into COVID tonight. So our, S, our NSW government has come up with an edict that not even one person, get this, this is the, the pastor of Hillsong Church in Australia, Brian Houston. So our NSW government have come up with an edict that not even one person can sing into, get this now, into a camera. Nobody can sing into a, ca- a camera. That's their new COVID law. Singing to a camera to lead live stream Christian worship. This is clearly religious discrimination and so archaic, it's hard to believe. Christians stand up. Now, here's the thing. I don't know exactly where Brian's been the whole time, but I believe Hillsong has been closed down. So where have you been? And now if he's joining the fight, I, like I said when I was preaching at the, at the stand this past Monday, everybody's welcome back. All you need to do is get out in front of it and say, you know what, I blew it. I never should have closed because when you close, it leads to things like this. When you give them an inch, they won't take a mile. They'll take 10 miles, 50 miles. They'll take your life. They'll take your freedoms. They'll take your church. Now you can't even live stream worship. They won't even let somebody in a room alone staring at a camera singing. Explain to me how that could be harmful to anybody. You know why? Because it was never about a disease. It was never about your health. It was about controlling you. It was about seeing who it is that we can get to comply with us, to capitulate to us, to acquiesce to us. And the the world has seen that the church is lined up to do it. But, but you are welcome to come back. Every single Christian that complied, acquiesced, and capitulated, maybe got your vaccine, strapped your mask on, social distance, quarantine, left your church, locked down your church. If you want to get out in front of it right now and say, you know what, I blew it. Here I am 16 months and 15 days to flatten the curve. And you know what, it took me 16 months to discover it, but I was wrong. I should have never done those things. You are welcome back into the fold to fight against tyranny. Remember what the word of God says, Galatians chapter five, verse one. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, stand firm, why? Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Be burdened again. You were once captive. Be burdened again with a yoke of slavery. That yoke of slavery is vaccines, vaccines, social distancing, masks. I was comboing masks and vaccines, maskings. Mass vaccines, church closures, closures, that's where they're trying to burden you again with a yoke of slavery. You are supposed to stand up or the next thing you know, they'll tell you that you're not even allowed to look at a camera and sing, which is what has happened at Hillstrong, Hillsong, Australia. All right, go to the next one for me. Tina Turner tweet. 16th renewal. Here we go. Remember what I told you? Where are we at? 16 months. 16 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. 16th renewal of the COVID emergency order. And she she puts an exclamation mark. 16th, amen. Haven't the, haven't the hospitals got enough extra Medicaid money? Governor Holcomb is addicted to power. You know why? Because they have emergency powers. They get to say, well, you're essential and you're not essential. And you know what? Today you're essential and you're not essential. They love it. As I've been telling you for weeks and months, these people are power 
perverts. It's almost a pseudo-sexual thing with these people. I'm not saying that it is. I said it almost is. These people love to control other people. You're essential today. You're not essential. Well, you know what? I've changed. You're essential, and you're not essential. That's what these people love. And Indiana, I got the stats for you. Here's Indiana stats. Ready? Total COVID deaths, and you need to remember something about these COVID deaths. Remember, these are qualified deaths, and we are the only country on the planet that counts COVID deaths the way that we count them, which is what? All a doctor has to do is look at you and say, I presume that you have COVID. And you're a COVID case. Anybody who dies with COVID, these are documented cases, decapitation, motorcycle accident, COVID death, man struck and killed by lightning here in Florida, COVID death. That's facts. That's happened all over the country. They've been caught numerous times, probably up to thousands of cases now. I know for sure hundreds. So that's the, all you have to do is die with COVID, means that you have a positive PCR test, which are 85% unreliable, or a doctor just has to go, you know what, I presume that you have COVID, and then you die, if you die in those states, you have COVID. So remember when I tell you these stats. So here's the stats out of Indiana. Since they just renewed their COVID emergency order again, here's their stats. They have 7 million people, 6.8 million people live in the state of Indiana and they've had 13,000 deaths. In other words, you have a 0.1% chance, 0.1% chance of dying of COVID-19 in the state of Indiana. If they would have gone the Sweden route and everybody now had herd immunity with or without the vaccine, although I'm totally against, let me make this clear, totally against, let me make it clear, totally against the vaccine. So whether you're vaxxed or not, if they would have just gone the Sweden route, you would have seen this 0.1% cut in half. Instead of lowering people's immunities, immunities by putting masks on and lower, putting them in their house away from everybody else, where 76% of COVID cases are caught in one's own home. So you have a 0.1% chance. One, one and one-tenth, one-tenth of 1% chance. One, let me say it because I garbled it up. One-tenth, one-tenth of 1% chance of dying of COVID in the state of Indiana, and they just locked down again. 16 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. All right, Washington Examiner. NIH, this is strange. National Institutes of Health, who employs who? N-I-A-I-D-S, Anthony Fauci, NIH, that's who runs the NIAIDS, where that's who Anthony Fauci works for. NIH defends deleting, strange, Strange you would be deleting anything here, isn't it? A little odd. Defense deleting COVID-19 genetic data pointing to lab leak origin. Oh, that, that's strange, is it not? I, I thought that these all these guys at the NIH were all about trying to solve, you know, the mystery of COVID-19, right? You know, they want to get out in front of it. You know, they want to find a vaccine. But yet they're deleting the data that shows where it came from. Why would they do that, I wonder? Because you had Anthony Fauci with the NIH sending them $3.7 million to develop this COVID-19 virus that everybody thinks is the bubonic plague. Let's go to the next one. All right, I want to just show you, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. So I'd like to show you Justin Trudeau's vision for Canada. I'll read you the tweet first. From Alexa, the voice, Canada Day show without any audience. Remember where we are, 16 months, 
of 15 days to flatten the curve. 15 days to flatten the curve were so that hospitals could get all the instruments they needed, all the gowns, all the masks, all the gloves, all the treatments, everything, all the beds, anything they needed for this bubonic plague that never came. But Canada, the Canada Day Show, without any audience, dancer, without any, without an audience, dancers perform with their masks. <laughs> it is normal when we know that British Columbia lifted the health emergency the day before yesterday. Play the video for me. There's Justin Trudeau's. You can let me yell over it, guys. This is ju- this right here is Justin Trudeau's, and we can name others too. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, Boris Johnson. Uh, Dan Andrews, uh, Prime Minister of Australia. This is their dream right here. This is their dream. This is what they want. This is what they want your church services look like because they're a bunch of loner dweebs. That's who these guys are. You ever see pictures of them? This is how they live their lives anyway, alone. Look at this. Everybody alone, no audience, nothing. This is Justin Trudeau's, Joe Biden's, and Kamala Harris's, Anthony Fauci's. This is their dream. You know why? Because when you have an audience like this where, the, where, the, where actually there is no audience, it's easy to control all these people. It's nice that everybody's at home, controlled. Everybody's at the, the studio or the auditorium, controlled. Just the way the globalists, like Fauci, like John Kerry, like Joe Biden, like Kamala Harris, like Dan Andrews, like Boris Johnson... They, uh, Macron out of out of France, just like they all Angela Merkel out of Germany. Germany keeps popping in my mind. That's what they all want is control because they are what they are power perverts. You need to understand that. You don't don't try to understand why they are. Just understand that they are. All right. Put the next one up there for me. All right. Here we go. Joining Wolf Blitzer. Now here she is. Liana Wen, MD, Leona Wen, or it says Leanna, I got it right the first time. Leanna Wen, MD, joining Wolf Blitzer on CNN. Increasing vaccination is, is hard. I commend the Biden administration for committing to it. They won't, they won't make enough progress, though, she says, unless they char- change their approach. Being vaccinated is not just about individual choice. Whoops, how you like that, COVID cavers? You know, the whole thing is, again, I'm going to start with the Christians, the patriots, and the conservatives in that order. Why did you ever cave to people like this by quarantining, by strapping on masks, by vaccinating, by locking down your churches, by staying away from people? Why did you ever? Because what you have done is license them. It is not too late. We have a big election coming up in 2022. We need to reelect Donald Trump in 2024. But that is why you never cave is because it isn't just Simone Gold. Dr. Simone Gold spoke about this. It is the medical. It's not all doctors. It's definitely not all nurses. Definitely not all doctors. But what we have right now is medical apartheid. We have doctors like this one, Leanna Wynn who go on and about saying, you know what, whether you get vaccinated or not is not your choice. It's the state's choice. That's what she's saying. And that is why you never give these people an inch. Well, it's for your health. Tell them to take that argument and shove it up their own caboose. 
I'll decide what's good for my health. I'll decide whether I wear a mask. I'll decide whether I vaccinate or not, which I never will. I'll decide whether I social distance. I'll decide whether I lock my church down. You don't give your power over to the power perverts ever. Go to the next one for me. House Republicans held an informal hearing on the origins of COVID-19. The forum raised questions, of course. The forum raised questions about redacted, hmm, of course, heavily redacted. Make sure that when when you see Jim Jordan on here and he shows his, his page to you like this, and you'll see that an entire page is a gray square. So the the freedom of the FOIA request for the NIH records, for the NIH records from Anthony Fauci, the FOIA request, they, they, get, they actually gave them the information completely redacted out, at least on one page that I saw, and heavily redacted otherwise. So let's read this. The forum raised questions about redacted emails between Dr. Fauci, his subordinates, and former public health officials. Play it for me. Here's what we got on the FOIA request. Here's all their emails. Every single thing is redacted. Every single thing is redacted about what took place in that conference call. That conference call that Jordan alludes to was the culmination of a frantic series of emails in late January 2020 between Dr. Anthony Fauci, his subordinates at NIH and public health authorities abroad, in which they described the COVID virus as bearing marks of laboratory manipulation known as gain of function research. All done with Fauci's approval at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, funded through grants paid for by the American taxpayer. First, Dr. Fauci knows there's a lethal virus on the loose that started in Wuhan, China. Second, he knows the American taxpayers have funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan, China. Third, he knows that the research grant didn't go through the required oversight board. Fourth, he knows the virus, quote, looks engineered and, quote, not consistent with evolutionary theory. And finally, fifth, Dr. Fauci knows he may have ties to this work in China. His fingerprints, in fact, may be on this. Oh, so, you know, what's the big deal here? Well, the problem is, is Fauci saying the whole time, first of all, he never let, here's the problems, is that first of all, Fauci's been in front of every podium and on every cover of every magazine and, and, and receives hero worship from the left for the last 16 months of 14 days to flatten the curve. So what was the problem? Well, Fauci's known from day one that his hands were tied to this thing. He knows that he funded it. He knows that it most likely was a lab leak and was a manufactured gain-of-function virus. And that would have helped to find a cure faster for everybody who believes that it's a death sentence, which it's not. It has a 99.9% post-infection survival rate. But anyway, it would have allowed many other people probably to be healed or to receive the proper therapeutics if you knew that it was a gain-of-function manufactured virus, which Fauci kept under wraps as long as he possibly could in until the whistle was blown on him just recently in the last two months. Well, although anybody in the know, whether it's Steve Bannon or Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity and numerous others, we've known for a long, long time, all you had to do was read and you knew that the NIH had sent the Wuhan Institute of Virology millions of dollars. Fauci had, had through Peter Daszak, EcoHealth Alliance, uh, funneled millions and millions of dollars, along with Bill Gates, who gave tens of millions of dollars 
to the Chinese Academy Academy of Sciences, which is the Wuhan Institute of Virology. They're two separate institutions, but one is sponsored by the other. There you go. And that's what Fauci didn't want anybody to know. Now it's all coming out. And why is it explained to me why it is that a FOIA request document coming out of the NIH would be redacted at all. I understand if it was coming from the CIA and even the Brown Shirt Gestapo FBI, but but why is why exactly is there a bunch of redacted pages coming out of the National Institutes of Health as if that's classified information? Please explain. There's no patients on there. There's no patient information on there. What, I'm so sick and tired of seeing these documents come out redacted with no explanation. What's the explanation? I want the explanation. And also, if, if you are on the Intel Committee in Congress or Senate, you ought to be able to read it unredacted because you are the accountability of the American people. So I'm sick and tired of seeing redacted documents without any sort of explanation whatsoever, primarily from the Democratic Party, of which Anthony Fauci is a stalwart member. Let's go to the next thing. NTD News. Police departments are struggling with manpower. Now, what we're, what we're going to do is we're going to vacillate a little bit going back and forth. I want you to understand my stance on this. I love local law enforcement. Love them. I was one of them. 1992 to 2017, I was a deputy sheriff, ended up retiring as a sergeant from the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office, 25 years and a day. I love the cops. I believe in the cops. I know we have to have cops. I love them. However, if you're a cop and you're making arrests because somebody's not wearing a mask, you're listing heavily towards Gestapo. If you're making an arrest because somebody isn't properly social distanced or their church is not locked down, you're listing towards Gestapo the same way you would be if you're making an arrest for somebody spanking their kids or because somebody legally possesses a firearm and the law changes, you know, and, and the amendment was never was and, and the amendment, second amendment was never amended. You can't make that arrest. That's when you have to lay your job down. Sorry, I mean, that's, the, that's just the way that it is. You don't go out and make COVID arrests in violation of the Constitution that you swore to uphold and defend. So that's where I stand on the cops. Love them until they list towards being brainless Gestapo like the FBI. All right, John, oh, NTD, we'll finish with that one. Police departments are struggling with manpower after pandemic and anti-police activism from where? From where's the anti-police activism? From the Democratic Party only. From the Democratic Party only. I may say things occasionally only for COVID or for totalitarian reasons that are critical of the police, but I am never anti-police. I am never for defunding the police. And I know what they're trying to pull right now. I've seen the videos. I refuse to show them. I'm not going to show a video of Jen Psaki up there saying that Republicans have defunded the police. That's an absolute joke. The defund movement is firmly in the Democratic playbook. We all know that. It's firmly in the Democratic arena. We all know that. So police departments are struggling because of the ridiculous pandemic, which is not a pandemic, it's a, it's a virus with a 99.9% post-infection survival rate, and anti-police activism. NTD took a look at the situation in the top three departments in the country. Play the video for me. New York City has the largest police agency in the country, and the department spokesperson tells the Epic Times they're down about 1,500 officers. Retirements jumped from 1,500 in 2019 to 2,600 in 2020. 
That's as hey, freeze it and bring it back to me just one second. And you can side by side us, Aaron, if you want, whatever you want. It's good. Either way, you guys are awesome. Will and Aaron and Hope, I love you guys. Those are the three people you can't see. Love them. Appreciate you guys. Do you see those numbers? If, think about it. If you lived in New York City, they are down 1,500 to 2,000 officers right now. Can you, that That's what all the years of Bill de Blasio have given you. Was it like that under Rudy Giuliani? Nope. It wasn't even like that under Bloomberg. But look what Billy de Blasio has done to the city of New York. Play it for me. Using a knee on a suspect's back or chest as a restraint tactic. Officers and experts criticized the move, saying it will actually make things more dangerous. The Chicago Police Department is also struggling. Data from the department shows it lost around 700 officers since 2019. But they're also struggling to recruit new officers. In 2019, they hired 459 officers. In 2020, they only hired 157. The police union president told the Epic Times the main sources of tension are a lack of respect for the force, salary disputes, and excessive workload. The president of the Chicago Police Sergeants Association says the force is short of 100 sergeants. On top of that, they're asked to supervise as many as 25 to 35 officers and work long hours with no days off. Moving over to the West Coast, Los Angeles had nearly 600 officers leave since 2019. That's largely due to a government hiring freeze during the pandemic and the city's decision to cut the budget by $150 million amid calls to defund the police. This as the city saw a near 40% increase in shootings from 2019 to 2020. And as of June 12th, shootings are up nearly 60% from this time last year. Christina Kim, NTD News. So you've got an increase of, in LA, increase of shootings by 60, a 60% increase in shootings. And they're, along with that, side by side that, they're defunding the police by $150 million. So let's look at that again. 60% increase in shootings alongside a $150 million defunding effort. They were actually defunded $150 million. Great job. Great job. Democratic-led Los Angeles County, City of Los Angeles, Mayor Garcetti. Fantastic job you guys are doing out there. You, you know what? I wanna, I'm going to cover this real quick. Normally, if, in, in normal times, if you had a 3 4%, 5% increase of murders, in your city, shootings in your cities, you'd lose your job. Whether you were the chief of police, whether you were the mayor, whatever it was, you would lose your job. Now you got Garcetti sitting there, Eric Garcetti, mayor of LA, sitting there with a 60, 60% increase in shootings while he defunds the police. <laughs> and he still, nobody's even talking about it. He's, I, I, and here's the thing. They, Democrats keep reelecting these people and reelecting these people. For, as far as I'm concerned, once it gets this bad, we'll try to save you, but once it gets this bad and you just keep reelecting the morons, then as far as I'm concerned, it's like escape from New York, build a wall around your city and have at it. That's what you want to do. You know, I mean, everybody's always wanting to go in and try to save these cities. You can't. All they're doing is when you vote in a beta male like Jacob Fry into Minneapolis, I mean, you're asking for exactly what you get. And we'll see those stats in a minute. Let's go to the next thing. John Cordillo. Ambush attacks on police officers up 91%. Remember what I told you? 
Normally you get fired for two, three, four, five percent. They're up ninety-one percent in twenty twenty-one compared to last year up to this date. And the date on that, let me see where I don't have it on there, but it's sometime last week or sometime earlier this week. Ninety-one percent in ambush attacks on the police this year. And I bet you I know where most of those attacks are taking place inside of Democrat-controlled districts. Go to the next one, House Republicans. This is a video I've got right here. Hold on one second, guys. Let me just intro it because I didn't give you enough. The Democrats have been saying recently that they, because of their omnibus spending packages, they've tried to tie Republicans turning down their omnibus you know, multi-trillion dollar spending packages where Republicans are against that because there's a few measures in there that actually fund local municipalities, not even directly to police departments, just fund some local municipalities. So because Republicans did not sign on to these omnibus trillions of dollars worth of spending, they're trying to link Republicans with what is the stone around their neck, which is to fund the police. Do not let them get away with it. There's only one party. There will only ever be one party that wants to defund the police, and that is the Democratic Party. Play it for me. Yes, I support the defund movement because this is about the the um, investment in our communities, which have historically been divested. Not only do we need to defund, but we need to dismantle and start anew. Why use the word defund? Why use the word defund? And it's like, this is the word that's coming from the streets. Look, the reality is we can't rely upon (laughs) the police to provide public safety. There you go. There's the geniuses. You got AOC, Iona Presley, Lori Lightfoot. There's the geniuses in charge of this Armageddon that's going on. 91% increase in police ambushes. That's the police being ambushed, by the way. And the murder rate is up in our country by 25%. Fantastic job, Joe Biden. Fantastic job, Democratic Party. Fantastic job, Democrats out there. Nice work so far. So we got... Peter Ducey challenges Jen Psaki on these stats because, of course, what they do is they try to blame it on what? Come on, everybody answer me. What do they try to blame all crime on? The Second Amendment, guns, right? Guns walk around the streets on their own shooting people. Here's Jen Psaki. Go ahead. Thanks, Jen. Uh, you said yesterday the president feels a, lot, a great deal of the crime we're seeing is a result of gun violence, but the stats show it's not just gun crimes. So why does the president think there's been a 30% increase in car thefts in D.C., 47% increase in robbery in New York City, or a 98% increase in rapes in Atlanta? Well, first, I think if you look at a number of cities across the country, it is actually driven by gun violence. Um, Take St. Louis. In 2021, 96% of homicides uh, where the instrument is known were committed using a firearm. In New York City, uh, from March 2020 to March 2021, shooting incidents have jumped 77%. The city recorded more than 1,500 shootings in 2020, 97% more than 777 in 2019. There are major cities across the country where gun violence is absolutely the driver, where it is absolutely increasing. And that will be a central part of what he'll talk about when he delivers his remarks tomorrow. And given everything that is going on with guns, without guns, does the president still think that this is the best time to end cash bail? 
Uh, I, I don't think I have a, any new position on that for you, but I'm happy to check and see if there's anything more to report. So, uh, back to me. So what has happened? What was Peter Ducey talking about here? Let, let's go over the stats again real quick. Got them written down. 30% increase of car thefts in D.C. This year, 30%. <laughs> you see, you have to be, maybe you have to be a cop to understand this. Yeah, we used to go through, we used to track statistics all the time with, with various names that we had. If you had a 30% increase in anything, you would look at yourself as a failure. We are failing as a law enforcement agency. You know, 2 3%, that's one thing. 3 4% maybe, and then you'd want to try to take it down, create some operations and task force and things to get, them, get those crime rates down. But here you have a 30% increase in car thefts where Joe Biden and Jen Psaki live. 30%. And that is D.C., my wife is from D.C., is one of the most gun-controlled cities, not in the United States, on the planet. On the planet. And they have a, so what do guns have to do with a 30% increase of car thefts, 47% increase of robberies in New York City? And okay, how, I don't want to be gross here, but explain to me. How guns have anything to do with a 98%? Keisha Bottoms, nice work in Atlanta. Great job, Keisha Bottoms. Great job, you Soros acolyte. 98% increase in rapes in Atlanta. Fantastic job by the Soros acolyte, which she is, Keisha Bottoms, who has a police officer. The, the most righteous shoot I've ever seen up there, the most righteous shoot where the police officer shot the man that was chasing him with a taser, his own taser or his partner's taser, and he, she's got him on felony murder charges for doing absolutely nothing wrong. It's all on video. But she has a 98% increase in rapes in her city. Great work, Keisha Bonds. Why are these things happening? Well, here's the reason. You're clearing out jails for covid a 99.9%. Most of the jails, by the way, are filled with young people who are not remotely susceptible of dying to COVID. Mo the average age of COVID death in America is 80 with comorbidities. Not 23-year-olds sitting in jail for petty theft, but they're emptying them all out. Also, what Peter Ducey mentioned there, no cash bail. So you don't have to post cash. You, want, you know, I guess all you have to do is go, I want bail, and you got it. I guess also that's all you have to do now. So no cash bail, which of course is brought to you by the glorious Democratic Party. Clearing out jails for COVID, brought to you by the glorious Democratic Party. No enforcement of low-level crimes. What does that mean? I'll show you this stuff in a minute. It's called broken windows policing. Credit Dan Bongino. Credit Rudy Giuliani. It's called broken windows policing. It means that you arrest the shoplifter, because the shoplifter is the one who commits the robbery. The crime rate went down exponentially in New York City when Rudy, the greatest mayor ever in New York City's history, when Rudy Giuliani instituted broken windows policing. If you have a turnstile jumper, you arrest him for petty theft. You have somebody who, uh, you know, takes gum from a convenience store, you arrest for petty theft. Any small crime, vandalism, arrest him. And that way, 
that person doesn't go commit higher level crimes. It's called broken windows policing. After, if they break a window, you arrest them for vandalism. That same person could be the one who does the car theft, the robbery, or the rape. As a matter of fact, they almost always are. Hence the reason why every time you start making arrests and charging people for lower level crimes, higher level crimes go down. And you see the opposite in places like Portland where they're enforcing nothing and New York where they're enforcing nothing. And then they blame guns. They blame guns, of course, because these people are nonstop, non-statistical driven liars. That's who they are. Let's go to the next one, the Blaze tweet. Judge orders Minneapolis, here we go. There's another one, Jacob Fry, to hire more police. (laughs) Judge, I've never seen, again, this is a year and a half now. I have to stretch it to a year and a half. 2020 was my year of never seen that before So now I have to extend it now that we're seven months, six to seven months, six heading into seven months. I don't know, seven months, seven months in now to uh, 2021. So in these 19 months now, I've seen I've seen things I have never seen before. I don't know how many times, whether it's lockdown churches, lockdown businesses, people driving alone with masks on, whatever it may be. I've never seen that before has come out of my mouth. I don't know how many times. And here's another one. Never seen this before. Judge orders Minneapolis to hire more police. (laughs) Never seen it ever. Not by a judge, a city council that, that has the purse strings. Yeah. After crime spike, oh, lo and behold, and mayor defunds the police force. Great job, Jacob Fry. Aaron, you guys got my Jacob Fry footage ready for me? Play it for me, however you see fit. Here's Jacob Fry at a gathering. Who's there saying, go home, Jacob? There you go. Oh, perfect, man. Yeah, right there. <laughs> there he is, the illustrious mayor of the defund the police city of Minneapolis, Jacob Fry. (laughs) That's the mayor. That's the mayor of Minneapolis. That's the mayor of Minneapolis. (laughs) Uh, And and then what he does is all the people that are booing him, he butt kisses them and bootlicks them. He's amazing. Amazing guy. And he's defunded his police to the place where a judge has had to step in. A judge has had to step in and say, you know what? You shall refund Jakey. Beta male. Fry. You're going to have to do it. Here's some skyrocketing murder rates for you. Here's Portland up 800%. Oh, great job. Fantastic job. Teddy Wheeler. Oh, what party's he in? What party's Jacob Fry in? Oh, the Democratic Party. Keisha Bottoms, the Democratic Party. Bill de Blasio, murder rate up 25 to 40%. No, Bill de Blasio, what party's he in? Oh, the Democratic Party. Once again, find the common denominator. I was never very good at math, but I am good at finding the common denominator. Democratic Party. Minneapolis. Oh, here we go. Up 56%. I'm about to start doing my Christian cuss words now with my freakings. Up 50 freaking 6% built Philadelphia. Now, what do all of these cities have in common? Every last one of these cities is run exclusively by the Democratic Party. Murder rate in Portland. 800% up. Minneapolis, 56% up. Philadelphia, 40% up. DC, 35% up. Los Angeles, 27% up. New York City, 22% up. And Lori Lightfoot's glorious Chicago, 22% up. Fantastic. 
fantastic job. That's compared evenly from 2020 to 2021. Fantastic job, everybody. And this is during a lockdown. Great job, Democratic Party. You guys are fantastic. You guys are awesome. You can raise a murder rate from 22 to 800% in less than a year. Oh, that is good. You know, that does take legitimate effort. You ever run into the kid who just really works really hard in school at failing? That's you. You know, the teacher wants them to succeed, tries to get them. The kid just works really hard just to fail. Here's an example of that. Breaking 9-11 tweet. Oakland City Council votes to <laughs> defund their police department by another $18.4 million. Great job. Homicides, but don't worry. <laughs> I mean, it's it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not laughing at the death. I'm laughing at the stupidity. Homicides increased 314 percent in 2020 after a previous budget cut of 14 million. So now they're gonna they're gonna bring it up to 32 million. 314 percent. Let's just make that really easy. The the year before you had zero murders. Now you have 314. So whatever your number was, now it's 314% more. That's just, I mean, that's a fantastic job. I told you, that's working hard to fail. You work hard for your money. Yeah, you failed. That's a fantastic job right there, Oakland City Council. And I'm sure Democratic mayor. Uh, let's go to the next one, Associated Press tweet. Police in Portland. <laughs> Remember, what's their murder rate up by? 800%. 800%. Well, here's their glorious solution. Police in Portland, Oregon are being advised by Teddy Wheeler, I'm sure, to no longer pursue low-level traffic infractions in most cases because of data showing a disproportionate impact on black drivers for traffic. So they're they're going woke and people are dying. You thought I was going to say go get woke, go broke. I can't because there's no there's no correlation there. There's no rhyme that I could do. So it's get woke, die. Great job. I mean, this is a fantastic job. Their murder rate is up 800%. People get fired for their murder rate being up 3%. Theirs is up with Teddy Wheeler, Democratic Party, in charge. Their murder rate's up 800%. And here's their glorious position. Remember, now look at, look at the date. That's June 22nd of, of this year. So their murder rate was already up 800%. And here's the solution, is to not pull people over anymore. You have to work hard to be that stupid. I mean, you really do. You have to work really hard to be that galactically ignorant. That you're no longer... Hey, put that back up there one second, guys. I want to make sure you got all the information on that one because what else are they not doing? Impact on black drivers for traffic stops and vehicle searches. Mayor... Oh, good, it was. I was right the whole time. Mayor Ted Wheeler, Democratic Party, says, owner of an 800% increase in the murder rate in Portland, Oregon. Great job. You know, it's strange. Strange, strange thoughts here. I wonder why it is that five counties in Oregon are trying to secede to Idaho. <laughs> Again, one of those things. Never seen that before. I never have. Never in my life. My 52 years on planet Earth. But, I mean, uh, uh, I was born in 1968. 52 years. Right here, September 1968. I've never seen any counties ever try to secede to another state and they've got five of them and it's a huge landmass. 
I hope they succeed. I hope they succeed in seceding. Try and say that real fast. All right, Zar Beckett, Zar Beckett, Beckett Adams. This is great. I love this. this. This right here I've been trying to get to for three shows, and I keep failing, so finally it has arrived. Every single time Zar Beckett Adams writes, here's what we have. Jamal Bowman, Jamal Bowman, he says, defund the police. Fund Cure Violence. Street outreach programs such as Cure Violence are associated with up to 37% reductions in gun injuries. Oh, like there is in Atlanta, uh, like there is in Philadelphia, like there is in Portland, like there is in LA. Yeah, right. right, Leave it up there real quick. One more time, guys. Let me read the bottom part. Or is that, that's the same. Uh, You guys, you guys are on top of it. Leave it the way you got it. You're quicker than me. This is a, this, this is part of a much needed new approach to public health and public safety. Oh, really? Okay, really? So go to the next one. So he must feel safe though, right? Now that he's got his new programs in place. New programs, right? New programs that do absolutely nothing. New for me, Representative Jamal Bowman requested special police protection (laughs) for his Yonkers, New York home. So his policies are working so great that he himself has to hire a special police detail, I'm sure, at taxpayer expense, not his own, which again falls into the whole line of things of, you know, what's good for me is not good for thee. They have walls around their houses like Eric Garcetti does, but no wall for you. They have guns around them, but no guns for you. And then you cave and you put a mask on and let these people control you, the ones with guns. Interesting concept, is it not? I think it is. Let's go to the next one. I just wanted to show you some more crime surging. Crime is surging in 2021. Let's look. Some of those we already covered. Let's look at, this. Let's look at the shooting side. Atlanta up 40%. Portland up 126%. New York City up, look at that, 64% and 13% in homicides. Los Angeles up 22% in homicides, 51% in shootings. Chicago's up 5% in homicides, 18% in shootings. And here's the problem with that stat, though, just so you know, is that Chicago was wretched and horrid before. So them going up by 5% is like a normal city going up by 50%. Philadelphia up in shootings, 37%. Homicides, 20. I mean, uh, homicides, 30. I, I, I had them backwards. Homicides are up under Larry Krasner, DA, of the Democratic Party. Philadelphia, their sh- homicides are up 37%. Their shootings are up a glorious 27%. Let's go over the, uh, you know, the, the mayors of each and every one of these cities, because I wrote them down for you. Keisha Bottoms, Democratic Party, Atlanta. Kim Fox, DA of Chicago. Democratic Party, Kim Gardner, a DA of St. Louis, Democratic Party, George Gascon, Democratic Party, LA, Letitia James in New York. That's the D- these are all the DAs, not the mayors. I said it wrong. These are all the DAs. Letitia James trying to he she's the one who just perp walked the Trump uh, chief financial officer, which who did who committed absolutely no crimes. Letitia James uh, probably I'm not going to say she is. But definitely is tied to being t- tied to Soros. Letitia James, New York, Democratic Party. Larry Krasner, the DA of Philadelphia. These are the chief law enforcement officers in all of these cities. And they are all what? Democratic Party members. And many of them, many of them, I'll name them. Kim Fox is a Soros acolyte. Kim Gardner is a Soros acolyte. Larry Krasner is a Soros acolyte. That's who these people are. That's just the, that's just the absolute factual data all right edmund dante's tweet let's talk about democratic cities these are that's what they are 
And I don't feel sorry for them if you continue. The cities that decide, you know what, that go, went ahead and said like, like they did for two terms with Mayor Giuliani, and they said, you know what, we've had enough. I'll come, just like I'm saying to all the COVID-caving Christians, you want to come back? Come back! Come back. You don't, need to, you don't need to confess anything to me. Confess before your God that you blew off the word of God by strapping a mask on and locking down your churches and social distancing and quarantining yourself. You blew off the word of God. Now just repent between you and the Holy Spirit and move on. Same thing here. If any of these people want to say, you know, we've had enough. We've had enough of Democratic Party spikes and shootings and, and murders and homicides and armed robberies and rapes. And I'm talking about double digit spikes. We've had enough. If you want to now go conservative, then you are more than welcome. But let's look at this. Since elected in 2017, Mayor of L.A., Eric Garcetti, has spent over six, get this now, this is six with a B. This is six with a B. Six billion dollars. Six billion dollars to end homeless. Play the video for me. This is what L.A. looks like today. Six billion dollars later. Here's L.A. Isn't that beautiful? You know, you know when, you, when you're trying to squeeze, you know, some, you know, some economic activity and some economic prosperity out of six billion dollars, this is what you want in LA. This is in a street now. This is, you know, that that's what you get out for your six billion dollars, and that's nothing. We could roll. I could I could stick Aaron on it right now, or Will, and I could say, go find me sixty videos of horrible sights. I put together a nice one right there. Just to show you an illustration of a guy sitting out in a giant lump of, of trash in the middle of the street. That's what $6 billion gives you. This is interesting. This is from Teresa 2.0. Holy crap, Fareed just called. This guy is a heavy-duty leftist. Heavy-duty leftist that just called out the liberals. Play it for me. Education spending in these states doesn't translate into better educational outcomes. As Ryan Fazio notes in the New York Post... New York spends nearly twice as much per pupil as the national average, and yet its fourth and eighth grade reading and math scores are no better than the national average. Things have reached a tipping point. Around 14,000 businesses left California between 2009 and 2019. This seems to have gotten worse in the past few years with Tesla, Apple, Charles Schwab, Facebook, Oracle, and Hewlett-Packard all announcing significant relocations to or expansions in Texas. In 2021, the top-ranked states for running a business, according to CEOs, were Texas, Florida, Tennessee, <laughs> North Carolina, and Indiana. The whoops. worst five were Here we go. California, whoops, New York, whoops, Illinois, whoops, New whoops, Jersey, and, and whoops. The pandemic has opened up horizons <laughs> for companies that are now thinking more aggressively about relocations, remote workforces, and flexible office locations. All this bodes poorly for blue states. And it's not just there you go. It, there it is. You know what those are? Are you ready? It's a five-letter word. Facts. Read to you by a leftist. Everybody wants, let me see if we can remember it between the five of us, four of us in this room. The number one states are what? Florida, Texas, Tennessee. I can't remember the other ones now. What is it? North Carolina. North Carolina. We're missing one. And then, oh, there you go. Oh, you guys are the best. Yeah, put that flash down there. And you're the man. You are the man. Or will, whoever it was. Best states. Texas, run by 
The Republicans, Florida, run by Republicans, Tennessee, run by Republicans, North Carolina, run by Republicans, Indiana, run by Republicans, and let's go to the worst states, shall we? And let's find, once again, me, algebra genius, let's find the common denominator, shall we? Let's expose it to the world. So we got the worst states, California, New York, Illinois, and New Jersey, and Washington, all, every last one of them, run by Democrats. And ready? Whoops! Maybe you ought not to vote for Democrats. All right, the Daily Wire tweet. Here's another example. More than 40% of San Francisco residents planning to leave the deteriorating city. 40%! 40% planning on leaving. 40% planning on leaving. 40% leaving their city. That's, I mean, that is cataclysmic. And Democrats think they're right about anything? It's laughable. It really is laughable. Let's go to the next one, New York Post. New York City, remember we're talking about Democrat-run cities. New York City hate crimes skyrocketed, oh, just a little bit, just a, just, just a smidge, just a little tiny bit. Just a little tiny bit. 139% this year. In 2021, in seven months of 2021, they've skyrocketed 139% during 16 months of 15 days to flatten the curve lockdowns. It's going to be, it's, it truly is amazing what Billy de Blasio can pull off in seven months under Joe Biden. I mean, I mean, congratulations, guys. Congratulations on your efforts. And yes, it is the Democratic Party that is causing this, that is doing it, and that is defunding the police as they do it. And remember, they won't have, they won't be without police protection. Only you will, surf. Get your mask on, shut up, and get back in your apartment. All right, Matt Walsh tweet. I love this. This is a little seems a little off topic, but it's really not because you got to look at the bottom dimwit, and we'll read this thing in a second. It was a state-owned company. Look at what Billy De Blasio said. It's not a movie trailer. It's not a natural disaster either. It's what happens when you let corporate, corporate. I repeat one more time: corporate greed destroy our planet. But Whoops, for the third time tonight, it was state-owned. Play that video for me, you got it? You got to see it. This is only a state can pull that off. Only a state-owned property can pull off being on fire underwater. Only the state can pull that off. That's not, that's not fake. That's for real. That's a fire underwater that, from a company that is owned by the state, not private. Billy de Blasio. And so Bill de Blasio, his thing is always, you know what, state, state, status, status, masks on, you know, quarantines, lockdowns, we'll control, we'll tell you what's essential and non-essential. This is what, this is the perfect, absolutely perfect symbolism right here of what happens when the state controls anything. Excellent. All right, let's go to this one. Switching subjects here. Now, I want to name, name names, as I always do. We were told by Joe Biden... We were told, you know, the person that's currently occupying the Oval Office in a fraudulent manner, we were told by Joe Biden that the greatest threat to America, the greatest threat is what? WST, 
white supremacist terrorism, right? White supremacist terrorism. And I want you to know, I don't care. I'll be, no matter what, under critical race theory, theory, I'm a racist because I don't care about race. If you don't care about race, then you're a racist. That's how logical critical race theory is. So I don't care. You call me whatever you want. I don't, I, I honestly could care less. So again, if it really was, then I would gladly show it here as an ex-cop and try to defeat the white supremacist terrorism as if I would any other, any other race you can put in front of it. Whether it's black supremacist terrorism, white supremacist terrorism, Indian supremacist terrorism, Egyptian supremacist terrorism, whatever. And I know I'm mixing races and nationalities. I'm just saying it doesn't matter. I would put it on this show. So they have said, Biden has said, the occupant of the Oval Office fraudulently, and Christopher Wray, the head of the brown shirt Gestapo for the Democratic Party, also known as the FBI, has said that the number one threat to America, the number one threat to America, is white supremacist terrorism. Now, I want everybody to do me a favor tonight. And I want you to go on YouTube and any other source you can possibly find. And I want you to go and locate all the videos from January 1st all the way to today, which I believe today is what, July 8th? So July 8th, seven months and eight days, I want you to find all the videos of the Ku Klux Klan, the skinheads, and everybody else, whatever white supremacist organization you can name, of which I abhor, I, I, I abhor just as much as anybody else. I don't like as much as everybody else, that I hate as much as everybody else. Any sort of group that's based in hatred, I hate. Simple as that. But since allegedly they are supposed to be the greatest threat to our country, white supremacist terrorism, go and find all of the videos of these people committing crimes. Whoever it may be, find the videos of all those, of all those incidents. I, I, I would like to see them because otherwise what we have is a liar in chief and a liar that's the head of the FBI for nefarious purposes. What would be the purpose of saying that white supremacist terrorism is the number one threat to America because you could just go ahead and accuse a bunch of people who aren't terrorists that wear MAGA hats of being terrorists all because of the insurrection on January 6th, which was really the trespassing on January 6th, which is all that it was. A trespassing with some minor vandalism of which there's less than a million dollars worth of damage, but and which uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter has done $2 billion worth of damage, but that's besides the point. All right, so here we go. Live PD Dave tweet. How disappointed do do you, it's supposed to be, do you think those in the fake news were when they found out that the heavily armed sovereign citizen militia that fled into the woods outside of Boston today weren't white MAGA dudes. (laughs) They weren't white. So there's one. Let's go to the next one. Ian Miles Chong tweeting video. There was a mass shooting tonight, of course, in Lori Lightfoot's Lebanon war zone. No doubt the fault of white supremacists, right? And or people who oppose critical race theory. Play it for me. Here come the white supremacist terrorists terrorists coming out of their vehicles. Here's all the white supremacist terrorists. You know, open fire. This is in the city of Chicago, by the way. This is America. This is happening around where there are children. There are women, children, and other men all around. Whites, blacks, everybody else all around. 
And we have a shootout at the OK Corral slash Lebanon in broad daylight in Chicago. And again, there was not a white supremacist terrorist to be, to be found. Let's go to the next one. John Cordillo tweet. Boston rabbi stabbed outside synagogue, suspect in custody. The alleged attacker identified by police as a white supremacist terrorist named Khalid Awad. Whoops! Not a white supremacist terrorist. If it was, I would gladly put it on here because white supremacists are just as ignorant as any other sort of skin-based supremacist. But there you are. It's not happening, according to Christopher Wray, according to Joe Biden. The greatest threat to America is white supremacist terrorism. I've yet to see any yet. I've yet to see. I've seen a shootout at the OK Corral in downtown Lebanon. Oops, I mean Chicago. Saw that without a white supremacist in sight. Now we've got somebody, a, a Boston rabbi. Sounds like anti-Semitic crime, does it not? Supporters of anti-Semitic legislation like Ilhan Omar. Sounds a little anti-Semitic, does it not? It was. I'm sure it was since a, it was a Boston rabbi stabbed by an obvious Muslim person is the way that it is. Sorry, that's just the truth. All right, go to Avi Remini. There we go, more white supremacist terrorism. There we go. White supremacist terrorism. There there are, this is all white people. I will give you that. Both the abused and the abusers are all white people. So you got to say that. But are they white supremacist terrorists? Are they? Interesting. What is going on here? You got street preachers being beat up by Antifa. Antifa exclusively, exclusively supports who? The Democratic Party. Antifa, the anti-fascists, right? Allegedly anti-fascists attacking freedom of religion in the street. The anti-fascists. Isn't that interesting? With violence. And I hope that all of these people get criminally charged and should. So the anti-fascists, which are exclusively Democratic Party members and Joe Biden supporters and Christopher Wray supporters, there they are beating up Somebody on the street, don't care whether they're white or black, trying to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, nothing to see here, though, right, folks? Okay, here's another one for you. Here's another white supremacist terrorist right here. Man drags woman. Let me read the headline real quick, guys. Sorry, that's my fault. Man drags woman into Bronx woods, strangles her in broad daylight from the cops. Play it. White supremacist terrorist. There he is. That's the suspect. Innocent until proven guilty. Kind of look guilty right there, though. Not good. The white supremacist terrorist problem here in the United States. There we go. You can bring it back to me. So, so far, we've, we're documenting everything that I've, that I've seen come out. So here's another one for you. Put it up there for me, Ian Miles Chong. Man suspected of shooting Daytona police officer. Captured Where? at black nationalist encampment with arsenal of weapons. Wait a minute, wait, that doesn't fit the narrative. That cannot be correct. That cannot be correct because Joe Biden and Christopher Goebbels Ray says that it was white, that it's white supremacist terrorism. It can't be in black nationalist encampment with an arsenal of weapons. That cannot be. And believe me, I know there's white nationalists out there with arsenals of weapons, but see, I'm honest. Show me the reports and I will gladly report them for you. But you will not. I have looked. There isn't any. 
All right, switching subjects. We're going from Democratic Party, uh, Democratic Party-controlled cities, and then we went to uh, white supremacist terrorism being the number one threat to America, which is not. And now we're going to go with woke, wokeism. Marjorie Taylor Greene, love this. Stop re- critical race theory. Disband dangerous teachers unions. That's correct. Breaking the largest teachers union, the National Education Association, adopts motion to, pro- to promote critical race theory in America's schools so your kids can go and learn. If you're white, you're a racist. If you're black, you're a victim. If you're whatever, if you're any nationality other than white, you're a victim. If you are white, you're a racist. That's what your little kids will learn under critical race theory. I don't care what Iona Presley says. I don't care what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says. Uh, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, or any other demon rat that you can name, that is exactly what is taught in those classrooms under critical racist theory. That's what it really is. All right, let's go to the next one. Steve Dace. Literally, no one predicted this, he says sarcastically, except for everyone that did. Well, let's see what it was predicted. Uh, Boy Scouts lost 2 million members so far. That's going well. It's going well. The indoctrination of homosexuality into and allowing girls into the Boy Scouts, all that transgenderism and homosexuality into the Boy Scouts. That's working out well because 2 million people have left so far. It's going great. Since lifting ban on gay youth, now mired in sex abuse claims. Whoops. Here we go again. I wonder, is is it people like me that wanted that? Or, or is it people on the left that wanted that? Great job. You've ruined another organization. You've done a great job. You've ruined the IRS. You've ruined the federal government. You've ruined the military, which is now completely woke. You've ruined, ruined the FBI and the CIA. You've ruined Congress. You've ruined Senate. And you know what? Lo and behold, you've reached out and you evangelized and you ruined the Boy Scouts. Great job, Democratic Party. Great job. All right, go to the next one, New York Post. Secretary of State Blinken. Here we go. Americans can pick their passport gender. That, that's, that's great for security, is it not? I mean, that, that's just some great Democratic Party ideals right there. You know what? You can go ahead and pick your own gender. Hey, pick your own gender. That's it. So I wonder if people can just wear disguises now. You can pick your own gender, put on all the wigs. You can pick your own gender for your passport. No, there couldn't be any problems with that whatsoever. Since what passports are supposed to do is identify who you are. No problem can happen when you can just pick your own gender. Truly amazing. I mean, it's truly amazing that these people get up in the in the morning, look themselves in the, in the mirror, and actually approve of what they see. A passport, which is supposed to be for security, a person can just decide whatever sex they are. I mean, could you get any dumber and still be able to suck oxygen through your blowholes? All right, election wizard tweet. Watch this. You know this. This brings deep meaning to people's lives. I want you to know. Whenever you pull down statue, you get this fulfillment. It's like it's like being born again. You pull down a statue, and you're just you know it gives you all of the peace inside. Gives you life meaning. No, it does absolutely nothing. But that's what these people do. And by the way. What party are they a part of again? Oh, the Democratic Party. Watch. Statutes of Queen Victoria, malicious racist, and Queen Elizabeth, malicious racist, have been toppled. I say that sarcastically. Toppled during protests in Canada. Let me just ask this question real quick. Well, you can play. Just leave the volume off. I'll talk over it. There you go. Do you have anything else to do? I'm just curious. I mean, here you are. 
It's a nice sunny afternoon. You're all out there with your stupid masks on. And here you are, and all you have to do is pull down a statue of Queen Victoria or Queen Elizabeth, whichever one that is, because I think they've got something over her face. Can't tell. Couldn't tell anyway, to be honest with you. But So there you are in this glorious afternoon, and that's all that you have to do in life. And that somehow gives you purpose and somehow gives you meaning in life. What an empty soul you must be. All right, switching to Biden now. Senator, uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn, who I'm not a huge fan of because she caved along with Mike Pence with sending the votes back to the states, which, what, which is the certification back to the states, which is what should have happened. But here she is. She was going to do it, but then she didn't like what happened with the insurrection, which was a trespassing and a minor vandalism, which was led in by the Capitol Police. I almost quoted that. That would have looked stupid. So here you got Senator Marsha Blackburn, though, making actually making a good point, which she usually does, but she was just dead to the wall, wrong not to send the votes back to the states. Joe Biden, here's Joe Biden. I have never spoken to my son. <laughs> I mean, it's funny looking at the picture. I have never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Also, Joe Biden. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, how if we had any semblance of a media with integrity, Joe Biden would have never sniffed the White House after his bold-faced lies. And yes, I meant that literally and figuratively. U.S. Representative Billy Long. Here we go. This is, now, I want to make this clear to everybody so that everybody knows. This is who Joe Biden calls... Um, uh, Bakaria, it's Bashara, but he calls him Bakaria. Maybe I'll call him Bakaria for the sake of this reading tonight. I am proud to be a co-signer of this letter, HHS Governor, uh, uh, HHS Gov, Health and Human Services Secretary Bakaria Bashara, the Partial Birth Abortion ban- Act banned partial birth, late-term abortion of babies that are capable of feeling pain. Senator Bakaria Bashara refused to acknowledge the existence of this law. I mean, do you realize what kind of, I mean, listen, you got to be a special kind of pathetic to, to be able to pull piece by bloody piece out of the womb of a woman or po- in, in the birth canal or post birth canal piece by bloody piece of a baby out of a womb and not feel any conviction in your soul, not feel any pain whatsoever in your soul. You have to be a special kind of demonic to be able to pull that off. But this guy not only pulls that off, but refuses to acknowledge the existing law that you're not allowed to butcher a baby that's partially born. In other words, you're not allowed. Let's, let's just make sure that we're graphic in this so that you understand. You bit, how, you, how do you do a partial birth abortion, which Bukaria here, Bashara, is perfectly fine with? Well, what you do is you, you actually birth the baby breech, pull it out by the legs, and then take a vacuum or scissors and insert it into the back of the baby's skull and remove its brains. That is a partial birth, birth abortion, of which AOC's fine with, Joe Biden's fine with. Kamala Harris is fine with. Bukaria here is fine with. Absolutely fine. The Democratic Party's absolutely fine with delivering a baby breach, inserting a vacuum into its live skull, and sucking out its brains, collapsing its skull because the skull is still soft. 
Perfectly fine with that. Yavo, ya kamadat. That's your Democratic Party. And they're the ones who always call people like me Nazis. <laughs> yeah, 60 million babies butchered every year worldwide with the stamp of approval by the Democratic Party of America. Let's go to the next one. This is really Elijah Schaefer, but he put his, put a new name on it for himself on Twitter. Save 16% on my 4th of July barbecue. Now, my question is this. Who is dumb enough at the White House to actually put this out? Uh, play, play the video for me. Look at this. This is what the White House puts out. Hey, yeah, that's great. That's perfect. That's good. Yeah, there you go. What is it, kind of a gift sort of deal? So there's, there it is. So what the White House actually put put the original back up, would you guys? There you go. Perfect. So the what? put the big one up and just take me off because I'll read it. I want everybody to be able to see it good. Look at this now. Planning a cookout this year. Catch up on the news. <laughs> who, who is this? <laughs> did this? And a grand total of savings. Get this now. You can bring it back to me. Their grand total of savings is 16 cents. <laughs> the murder rate in Portland's up 800%. <laughs> and this is what they brag about. The murder rate nationwide is up 25%. And this is what, 16 cents. You gotta be a Democrat to pull that off. You, you mean, you really have to be that gal- galactically, morally vacuous to pull that off. You got the a skyrocketing murder and rape rate. You got the rape rate up. At, uh, I can't remember what it was. Double digits in Atlanta. And this is your thing? We saved you 16 cents. You'd get that with a single coupon that you cut out every Sunday morning, morons. That's what you're, I mean, who is, who is the person in charge that goes out and actually brags about a 16 cent savings? It's just, it's just brilliant. So of course I love, you know, I love Steve Ducey. The guy is awesome. He's the only one that holds Jen Psaki accountable whatsoever. Put that up there for me. There you go. Side by side is good. Ducey, does the White House, Steve Ducey asks, does the White House think 16 cents off a barbecue has more of an impact on people's lives as being a dollar more. <laughs> Play it for me. And impose the American Rescue Plan, and I don't have time to read out all their Put names today. Okay, on another subject, the official White House account tweeted yesterday, the cost of a 4th of July Can't cookout is down 16 cents from last year. 16 cents? <laughs> there, there has been a reduction in some of the costs of key components of the 4th of July, a 4th of July barbecue. So that was it, what the tweet was noting. So does the White House think that 16 cents off a of barbecue has more of an impact on people's lives than gas being a dollar more this time? Boom! This time there you go. That's it. Right there. Bring it back to me. There you go. What what, is, what what kind of galactic fools are you? Think, I mean, let me ask yourself this question. You, even if you're a Democrat, ask yourself, is Donald Trump ever going to come out and say, hey, I saved you 16 cents? Would he? Would Ronald Reagan ever do that? Here, I'll even give you Democrats some credit, all right? Would Bill Clinton ever do that? What kind of galactic fools are running this? And by the way, I may not get to it tonight in my stack of stuff, but this is the most expensive White House staff in history, bar none. Remember, the Democrats are allegedly for the little man, right? 
The White House staff, including Jen Psaki, she's the top, she receives the most money in the White House outside of the president. Jen Psaki does. Oh, yeah, throw that up there. You guys are all, you guys are the best. Seriously, put that up there. There we go. They put it on the big screen. I'll just talk over it. There you go. Jen Psaki tops the most expensive White House payroll in history. Yep, Raggedy Ann is at the top of the payroll list. Joey's got the most expensive White House payroll in history. This is what we're paying for, folks. Wrap your brain around it. Let me see. Aaron, can you make out the numbers with each person? Ron Klain, what is that? Can you see that? 180,000? 180, all, all, are they all 180? Yeah. So 180 grand a year. I think I could squeeze by on 180. I could squeeze by. I could make it on 180. You know? The most expensive. These people... The people for the little man, they make the most money in White House history. But you know what you get? You get 16 cents off your 4th of July hamburger. That's what you get. It's just like they have guns. You don't. They have lots of money. You get 16 cents. They close down your business cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars in debt and then send you a $600 check. This is who these people are. You know what they are more than anything? Cheapos. They're like that, that nasty uncle, remember? That guy never spends a dime, that aunt or whoever, the cheapo relative that never spends a dime but has got tons of money. That's them. Joe Biden's a multimillionaire, millionaire, and what does he do for you? 16 cents on your American cheese. Oh, there you go. Here they are. Here's the payroll. Aaron, you're the best. There you go, 180 grand for Jenny, Ronnie 180, Katie 180, Stevie 180, Susan Rice 180. Susan Rice, there you know, there's the person that she's got a lot of talent to sit there and just lied now for how many years straight about Benghazi. I mean, <laughs> great job. I mean, these people are galactically talented. They deserve all that money to be that good of a liar. Now here's the here's the truth behind everything. All right, go to Media Research Center for me. There we go, Americans. There we go. Americans will be paying a record high in gas prices, but don't, 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 listen, put your mask back on, shut up, quarantine yourself, get back in your house, right? Because you're paying record prices for gas with what you use every day. But once a year, Joe Biden's offered you a 16 cent refund. What more could you want? Surf, get your mask back on, surf. You get, I know you have to, listen, I know to fill up my big giant F-250, which I will never get rid of, cost me close to a hundred bucks. Don't care. Okay. I'll do whatever it takes. I purposely burn gas to mock liberals. Purposely. I drive extra miles and leave my car running (laughs) with the AC on, Aaron just added, to mock liberals, right? With the AC on, with my windows down. So there's even more carbons getting into the air. And what do, what, what do they offer you? So, you know, you have to fill up your car once a week if you're a working person. Well, unless Joe Biden's sending your six, three to $900 a week COVID stipend, which is bankrupting the country, $30 trillion in debt. But anyway, I digress. But you have to fill up your gas, your gas tank every week and it costs you hundreds, tens to hundreds of dollars. But don't you worry about that surf with your mask on, lockdown, and quarantine. Hey, Joe Biden saved you 16 cents once a year. Verdict is in. Success story, Joe Biden. Right? There you go. 
All right, here we go. Jen Saki. Oh, I already did that one. There we are. You guys got it out of, out of order for me. You guys are the best. Seriously. All right, let's switch subjects. Let's go to fake election for a couple minutes. This is Trump talking about Pence and not sending the... What was Pence asked to do? Overturn the election? Pence comes out. And by the way, just so everybody knows, Mike Pence is a deep state hack. That's what he is. Understand that. That's who he is. I know. Listen, I appreciate that he mopped the floor with Kamala Harris in their debate. He did. I'm not saying he's a stupid guy. I'm just saying he is what he is. He's a deep state bootlicking hack. That's who Mike Pence is. He was not asked to reverse squat, even though that's what he says. Nobody asked him. Trump didn't ask him. Not one Republican asked him. Nobody asked Mike Pence to reverse an election. He was asked to do one thing, send it back for to be investigated, to be audited to the states. And we're seeing already with what's coming out of Maricopa County, Georgia's next. Pennsylvania's next, Michigan's next, and the lowest hanging fruit of all, Wisconsin's after that. These audits are spreading, as Steve Bannon says, metastasizing throughout our land. They are coming, and we will see that this election was a complete fraud, one in seven cities and six states, and that is it. President Donald Trump, who should still be president, one by, I'd estimate, somewhere between 15 and 20 million votes. It was robbed from him, and it will come out. So Mike Pence was asked to do one thing, send it back to the states, not overturn it, which was within his purview to do. Send it back to the states, let them do their friends that got it. They will send it back to Congress to verify the election. That is all that needed to happen. And Mike Pence refused to do it. Play it for me. I don't want to listen to the New York Times. They always like to write about the relationship between you and Mike Pence. Can, can you explain that to us right now? There's a portion of the MAGA crowd. You know the deal. They're never going to forgive uh, the vice president for not kicking uh, those certain disputed election results back to uh, state legislatures. What's your, what's your take on Mike Pence and, and, and how, uh, what's the relationship like? Well, I've uh, always liked Mike, and I'm very disappointed that he didn't send it back to the legislatures. When you have more votes than you have voters in some cases, and when you have the kind of things that are uh, that were known in many cases, they were known then, but they're certainly getting better and better known now. Uh, I was disappointed that he didn't send it back. I felt he had the right to send it back, and uh, he should have sent it back. Uh, that's my opinion. And I think if he did, I think those legislate. look at Pennsylvania now, look at, look at Georgia, look at uh, Arizona, and look at others. They're all now looking at what happened during that election. I think you would have found that uh, you might very well have a different president right now had he sent him back. You would have a different president because in 300, let me say it again, 353 counties, more people voted than were registered to vote whoopsie daisy in the immortal words of chris farley matt foley there you go 353 counties more people voted than were registered to vote and mike pence does squat you know why because he was too busy elbow bumping and boot licking nancy pelosi that's why that's who mike pence is of course he's welcome back you're more than welcome mike to get out there get out in front of it and say you know what i blew it 
I shouldn't have been taking my shekels of silver and elbow bumping Nancy Pelosi, but I did. I was wrong. I repent. Fine. I'm all good with that. I'm all about restoration through repentance. Absolutely. But right now, you're a boot-licking, butt-kissing, elbow-bumping hack. And you should have sent it back to the states. That's what should have happened. All right, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Remember, we're talking about fraudulent elections right now. Stacey Abrams, oh, failed gubernatorial candidate who still has not conceded the 2018 uh, Georgia governor's race, owns part of Now Account that controlled Happy Faces, the temp service that provided what? People to work at the Fulton County 2020 elections. <laughs> Abrams, who was broke, now stuffs her pockets with money from billionaires Soros and Bloomberg. So what do we have going on here? We, have, we actually have Stacey Abrams staffing. <laughs> Stacey Abrams staffing. Fulton County, remember remember the place where they have the ballots under the table that doesn't bother Democrats because it didn't affect them? And you sit there and you watch, you watch the campaign work, the election workers. Remember, everybody else was sent home except for the three or four in the room with the suitcases under the table, remember? Everybody else was sent home because of the water main leak that never existed. Remember that? Oh, you are the man, dude, right there. Perfect. Yeah, just leave. You can you can funnel as many of those in as you want, my brother. Because while I'm talking, because I'd rather them see that than see me. So you had that. You had them all sent home for the water main break leak, right? Remember? But lo and behold, the Democratic Party operatives that were there stayed there, pulling out suitcases full, and you can call them whatever you want. Democrat, they're not suitcases. It's like how the Democrats go. They were never spied on. Oh, you mean illegally surveilled? Does that make you feel better? So whatever you want to call them, containers, containers full of ballots. And then you watch Ruby, that was the name of the person running them through, one of the people, running them through the, the uh, vote counter numerous times, the same stack of votes numerous times through the same counter. On video, nobody just squat. Why? Because Keisha Bottoms runs. Fulton County, Keisha Bottoms is the Soros acolyte, is the mayor of Atlanta. And the only reason why we have the worst president, the most not up to the, the most not up to the task guy ever in history, who we know has serious cognitive issues, as, as I don't even want to say it, but as the occupier of the Oval Office, is because of seven cities in six states. I'll see if I can name them all. You got Atlanta. You got Milwaukee. You've got Pittsburgh. You've got Philadelphia. You've got Detroit. You've got Phoenix. And you've got Las Vegas. Seven cities and six states. All of And they, they turned it all around. They all shut down. They all said, you know what? At 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, we're no longer going to count ballots. And guess what they did? They pulled them out from underneath tables. And counted them the same vote numerous times through the same machine. And if it was, if that video was presented to the DNC, you'd never hear the end of it. But right now, because we do not have a legitimate media in this country, you don't hear a thing about it. it would have automatically overturned the election and should have. All right, let's go to the next one. Chuck Celestro, Colastro, Colesto tweet: Breaking New York City's prime mayoral primary vote count voided. <laughs> 
after 135,000 ballot discrepancy. And people say, oh, it's all just false claims. All of Trump's cases were thrown out of court. They were never, they were never thrown out of court. None of Trump's cases were thrown out of court. All the cases that actually made it to a court, like Atrium County, Michigan, Trump won. And it overturned a congressional seat and added 6,000 votes to Donald Trump. Whoops. The only ones that actually go to a hearing are won by the Republican side. All the other ones were thrown out for various reasons. I mean, especially the most disappointing at all of all was the Supreme Court one. When you have 21 states suing because of election corruption and the Supreme Court says they lack standing, how does a state lack standing in a presidential election where the president presides over that state? How do you lack standing, John Roberts and all of the rest of them? What time we got here? Oh, 10 o'clock. Okay, well, let's do, we'll do a little bit of border stuff before we go. All right, this is a video, Greg Abbott, who does a pretty decent job, was not crazy about a lot of his COVID caving. But just so you know, like I said, it only took Biden seven months to destroy the military, to add $6 trillion worth of debt to our already massive debt, which was $24 trillion when he took over, now it's $30 trillion. So, and destroy our military, destroy the border, but what's happening right now at the border is numerous states, including Florida, are sending troops to their National Guard because they don't have to have presidential permission. You can act as the governor. You can activate your National Guard. That's happening with Florida. And I can't remember the other states. If I can figure them out, I'll, I'll figure it out. But other states, numerous other states are sending their troops to the border. Have you Again, this is one of those things. Never seen that before. I've never seen it before in my 52 years on the planet. I've never seen states activate their own National Guard and then send them to, I know they send them to other states, but not to go and govern the border. The border is nationalized. The border is federal. It's the Border Patrol is supposed to be doing that. But they're so understaffed. What are they doing? The Border Patrol has to spend all day in daycare centers for Biden's 22,000 kids that he's got in cages now. And what, hey, by the way, all you Democratic Party crybabies, when you know, oh, the baby's in cages, there was 1,800 of them. 1,800 when, when Joe Biden left, 22,000 now. But don't you worry. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. And why are your tears now? I'm just, I'm just curious. Play the video for me. Janet, what's happening here is the erosion of the social fabric of the United States of America. The United States of America was built upon the rule of law, and what the Biden administration is doing is not enforcing the rule of law. The first thing that happens for all the people they're letting in, they know they're getting away with violating the rule of law that will erode the United States of America. It must be stopped. I agree. I agree. Exactly right. The rule of law. You can't. You don't just let people break the law and then say that they're law-abiding, like AOC tries to pull all the time. No, you're breaking the law coming into the country. There is an easy way to get into the country. It's either you go and you claim asylum, you apply for citizenship in your own country, and even if you're in Mexico, you can apply for it in Mexico. Here's some more border, border problem uh, issues. This is from Donaldo Trumpo. Play it for me. We've, I talked to a Border Patrol agent yesterday, and he said that they just caught uh, nine illegal aliens in some of our ranch buildings. These are people that, that came right through this gap that was left because the Biden administration put a halt on this border wall project. We've experienced everything from uh, homes being broke into, cattle theft, 
vehicles stolen, uh, other buildings broken into. We've had pasture land burnt by illegals, and it's only getting worse. And it's because of all the policies that the Biden administration has rolled back that the Trump administration put into place and was working. And it, it affects the safety of not just our families, our business, but this stuff is going further into the country. It's not staying here. It's, it's coming to a home near you. It's a great point. You have to talk to people that are actually there to get a sense of how it's actually affecting them. So there you go. And Aaron got me this in between. Florida, Ohio, and South Dakota are sending troops to Arizona and Texas. Never seen that before. I mean, aren't you supposed to be president of the United States, Joe Biden? Hey, Democratic Party, isn't that supposed to be your guy in the White House? Oh, wait a minute. We also have border czar Kamala Harris. I mean, I want you to think about what kind of endorsement is that on her job performance? That states are having to send armed troops to the border from Florida, Ohio, and South Dakota to Arizona and Texas to do the job of Kamala Harris because she refuses to do it. You know why? Because she's inept and she is way over her head. She has no ability to control the border at all. She is way out of her element. She is way over her head. All right, here's another thing. People talk about the drug crisis in this country. Where is it coming from? Play it for me. A flood of drugs coming into this country at the U.S.-Mexico border. Record amounts of opioids. And along with them, deadly consequences. Cartels use a flood of migrants to move a river of drugs. The result is mass casualty. In a year, fentanyl seizures have jumped 800% in Texas. 800%. Increased tenfold from over a year ago. We've had 1,000 pounds of methamphetamine. Uh, seized a thousand pounds of cocaine. Thousand pounds. So those hard narcotic numbers are very high. The drugs coming across the border here are fueling an unprecedented epidemic across the country, the toll of which can be counted in the skyrocketing number of overdose deaths. There you go. You want to solve problems? Close the border. Build a giant wall. That's what you do. Tom Elliott. There you go. Biden, the law doesn't allow Afghan interpreters to come to America. (laughs) Now, what is an Afghan interpreter? I've got a Marine in the room with me right now. The veteran in the room. An Afghan interpreter over, this is um, somebody in, in Afghanistan, is an interpreter for the United States military. An interpreter. Joe Biden won't let them in. But he opens the floodgates in the southern border. You have somebody who is our comrade in arms, who is saving American lives and helping us to take the lives of our adversaries and defeat our adversaries. They're not welcome. But Joe Biden opens the floodgates for opioids. That's the president of the United States. Play it for me. Why can't the U.S. evacuate these Afghan translators to the United States to await their visa process? This is a sterling response. Some immigrants at the southern border because have been allowed to do. Because the law doesn't do. allow that to happen. And, and that's <laughs> why we're asking. All right, back to me. Because the law doesn't allow it to happen. But the law, the law allows everybody to flood through the southern border? I mean, do you hear the galactic incompetence and, le- and incoherence of this man? Great job, Democratic Party. Great job. We had a giant, we had illegal immigration on our southern border. And to get this, I mean exactly what I'm saying. Totally and completely under control and getting even better with Trump 
and look what we got now. Listen, I love you all. Be back here 10.30 Saturday night. Do not miss. We'll go one hour strong on CTN and on Facebook and on YouTube and on Rumble. Thank you guys for joining me. Come back 10.30 Saturday night. Love you all. God bless you.